Attention Patriots, this is The Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And uh, this is a beautiful Tuesday, is it not? Tuesday, this is the second day of this week's Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, and we are having a great time in the great state of Texas. We just finished... The Lone Star Republic. The Lone Star Republic. Just finished teaching at a great uh, Rotary Club where we taught on the history of the Constitution. Great conversation with a Texan who was a school teacher, a history teacher, not in Texas, by the way, in another state. And he was actually, um, well, you can say fired, driven out. driven out of teaching because he was teaching the truth about slavery in America. I mean, the whole history story about black slave owners and black, uh, the, the black merchants that were selling slaves and, and the whole rounded out history. And he says that he was called into the, the superintendent's office and told you got to stop teaching this. Not PC. He, his response was, are you kidding me? This is, this is history. You, you taught me, told me to teach history. You told me to teach this history. This is the entire history. I am not teaching lies. I am teaching truth. And they said, you can't teach that. And so he, he, was, he, he, he made the decision, well, I'm certainly not going to be a teacher and then teach lies. So he left to go teach somewhere else. Seriously. You wonder and and we wonder why our children grow up in these this indoctrination, mm-hmm. right? Because you have school districts, superintendents who are are prof- are literally telling teachers you can't teach this and not every teacher will have the integrity of this teacher, right? To say, you know what, I can find a job somewhere else. Yeah. Or maybe I don't, I, we've talked to teachers who've said, I've just decided I can't teach anymore, right? I can't teach if they want me to teach lies. Yep. So that's what we endeavor to do here. We endeavor to bring you the whole truth so that you can bring and supplement and correct what the young people in your lives are being taught. And we taught, I taught the history of the Constitution, you know, the, the five liberty charters that made the Constitution to a room full of people. Fast. 
fast. <laughs> well, it was a luncheon meeting with a Rotary Club. I did it in 32 minutes. People are like, shh, Chrissy, don't tell them that. I'll be made. It's like a 70-minute class. It is. It is 30, a 70-minute class. 30 minutes. So it was, uh, it was really not even just the class. It was just an introduction. You know, summary version. Summary version. And Janet, my assistant, was there with us. And she said, you know, it was a really good... Uh, introduction to what we don't know and and that's you know I think that's what's important first we have to realize there are some things we don't know and those things that we don't know are very important it's important to know where our where our constitution come from comes from so we can rescue generations of young people who think that the constitution is irrelevant I mean, the whole point of the constitutions of the history of the Constitution class that I teach is to show us that the Constitution is just as relevant today as it was when it was written. And everybody comes away from that. Even in the in the the turbo Constitution class, people walked away thinking, wow, that's pretty amazing. You know, a lot of times I get uh, we're scouring the news and it becomes tedious because it's the same stories over and over and over again. And uh, so I get a lot of suggestions from people on Facebook and a lot of my suggestions come from social media questions. And I'm getting the social media question a lot about um, Nancy Pelosi's trip and uh, Donald Trump pulling Air Force One away from her. And that was classic. The pr- I know that was that was really classic, and uh, and the purpose of Nancy Pelosi going on foreign uh, relations trips, and the question is, is that constitutional? And the answer is no, absolutely not. That's the whole reason we have the office of the president. Yeah. The whole purpose for the office of the president is so that the president then engages in negotiations on behalf of the states uh, to create treaties. Yeah, these guys, Nancy Pelosi and, and others like her, they, they have no business overseas no, on behalf not, of the United States. No, they have no business spending taxpayer dollars to go overseas right. for negotiations. That's not your job, Nancy Pelosi. It is not your job. T- as, and here's the thing. Nancy, not just not your job. You're not authorized. You're not authorized. Which here's, means you're prohibited. Right. So the House of Representatives is not involved in a treaty process. Right. Right? Because the treaty process... Yeah, zero at all from start to finish. Zero. From start to finish. The House has no, no responsibility in a treaty whatsoever. You could maybe say Feinstein would have an excuse to go overseas. And that would be a stretch. And that would be a stretch. But that's simply by token of she's in the Senate and the Senate... In the Senate. Votes to confirm these treaties. Right. So the Senate votes to confirm these treaties. But Nancy Pelosi, you can't even stretch it to come up with an excuse of why she should be overseas engaging with foreign governments. There is no, there is absolutely no justification for any member of the House of Representatives to engage in foreign affairs. What about this notion of how does Puerto Rico and, you know, someplace like that, how would that fit in? 
the, uh, as territories or whatever they call them. Well, the, is that a yeah, whole Puerto Rico is a territory, but still, I, I would say that that might be a little bit different. Puerto Rico, um, because she's the Speaker of the House, and Puerto Rico would technically be subject to uh, legislative law, subject to federal laws. See, here's the thing. The House can create laws for territories that they cannot create for the states. Mm -hmm. So the territories are very literally in the same boat as Washington, D.C. Right. So a territory doesn't have uh, sovereignty. The territory does not have autonomy. Mm -hmm. Territory is, and that's why territories are very wrong. And I don't want to steer off into a bigger discussion, but right, a a perpet being a perpetual territory that's that strikes me as somehow unconstitutional. Yeah, uh, it is. It is it, that it, that is something that was never anticipated. As a matter of fact, it was anticipated that the acquiring of territories would only be a temporary function until those territories could, as soon as possible, be admitted into the union. And if they were not to be admitted into the union, then they were to be released to be a separate country. We weren't supposed to be indefinitely holding on to and maintaining territories. Because that's it's like hostage countries. That's empire. <laughs> yeah, America's empire, not exactly. America was not designed to be an empire by the means of of engaging in colonialism. Because in in the real sense of the word word, uh, Puerto Rico is a colony of America. Yeah, and that's not Samoa. We actually we actually became the United States to separate from the colonial ideology, the colonial practices of Great Britain. We weren't supposed to be able to create a government to start that all over again. But with this thing, these guys were, what, she was headed to Yemen or some kind of Yemen. something like that? Right. She's got no business there. None. None. Now, uh, and, and the treaties are created by the president, according to Article 2 of the Constitution, and ratified by the Senate. Weren't the uh, these guys, I think, were senators back in Obama. Weren't they kind of out of bounds when they when they went to Cuba? Remember those guys went to Cuba? Yes. And they were essentially engaging in diplomacy with the Castro regime. Right. right. Wasn't it, I mean, wouldn't that be yes. out of bounds? Yes. The Logan Act is what they call that. Right. No, it is out of bounds. Um, because it's the job of the president to do negotiating, and yeah. it is the uh, it is then the job of the Senate to confirm or deny those negotiations. And usually, the president, the office of the president, the executive works through the State Department, which right. is an executive agency. Which so is that, an executive that's his agency. arm mm -hmm. of getting this done. Right. So it seems like it would be a you'd be violating separation, separation of, of powers, powers yes. for these senators to have gone down to Cuba mm -hmm. and do what they did back under the Obama administration. So this and this strikes me as the same kind of thing with well, Nancy it, Pelosi and these guys. But it's even more egregious because those were senators. Yeah. Right? So you can make some kind of a stretch for a senator to to go to a foreign country... You'd at least have a weak justification for a stretch. Right. You'd have a weak <laughs> justification for a stretch. The weak justification... As opposed to no justification. Right. The weak justification for the stretch would be 
that they were going down to verify or confirm the conditions of the negotiations, not to actually engage in the negotiations. Yeah. And so I find it quite I, I, I again was very amused at the fact that Donald Trump said that Nancy Pelosi could not use Air Force One. I think that's fantastic for two reasons. Number one, because she's got no business engaging in foreign negotiations, Mm -hmm. right? And she's got no business uh, using the taxpayer dollars to go to Yemen because she's got no business there officially. And, and number three, this ain't your plane, girl. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and of Get your own plane. all of the abdication of authority that happens but from the Congress to the office of the president, this is this is just I, I think it's just a beautiful display of of, of, of authority from the president. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. That's a really pleasant smile you have there on your face I was, Stacey. Uh, I was just wondering no, what's happening behind those was, windows of your eyes yeah, no I was thinking <laughs> I, it was nice you said a beautiful display of authority by the president and then I would add and done in a way that only Donald Trump <laughs> could do I mean that was classic classic trump as you know you can love him or hate him we've never had right. a president like him no uh well Jefferson was was quite bold like that and i, I think, think andrew I, jackson was on the you know in in, in yeah, as well but trump has <laughs> there's just something he has that takes it to a next <laughs> level you know he he has that uh it, it's funny his his narcissism right either it sets people into a rage like you hate him because <laughs> of his narcissism or you yeah. or you love that aspect of him that he says what he means mm-hmm. and, and he's confident, you know, uh, that he's always a success and right. he's always on target. And so I think that that puts him on a footing personally <laughs> that he's going to do stuff like you've right. never seen a right, president right. do. Right. So I thought that was great. Well, how, when we were at how he slammed, how he body slammed, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, right. So speaking. when we were at break, we we had up the Liberty First Gear ad. And as you know, you can watch us on YouTube. You watch the Chris Ann Hall show on YouTube and get to see all the background stuff that's going on and sort of like membership thing. And if you're not watching on YouTube, you didn't get to see JC do his little dance. And I just wanted to mention we had the Liberty First Gear uh, display up there during the break. In Texas, our fake news uh, t-shirt slash sweatshirt has been very popular. Yeah, I mean we're going to meetings and people are wearing people the wearing fakes, them. the mm. Jefferson Thomas Jefferson fake news. Yeah, t-shirt sweatshirt. You know, I think it's I, I find that very encouraging to see people using the wisdom of our founders as a as a t-shirt display. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and it, the <laughs> the uh, organizer of the the uh, Ca- uh, Casa Linda. Is that what's called? Casa Linda Tea Party. Mm -hmm. And when she she read the quote and she said, 
the more things change, the more they stay the same. I mean, right. I thought that was right, right. on target when you see mm-hmm. what Jefferson is saying back in the 1800s. 1817. Same thing. Yeah. You know, so, and which is the point of it. Yeah. So go to chrisannhall.com, click on the shop, and then you can see the li- you can click on the Liberty First gear. You can find that we have lots of great T-shirts and when mugs. we I like the mugs. mugs. Yeah, the mugs are cool. My phone covers. And so when we get back uh, home base, we're going to be putting up a few more T-shirts. I got a message from our Liberty Attic designer. He's going to send you that so we can have the Liberty nice. Attic T-shirts. That's a be great lot of that. people ask for that. Yeah, that's going to be great to get that out there. That is really true. That's my favorite. So let us remember that Article 2, section, uh, Article 2 of the Constitution is where the President of the United States gets his authority uh, not anywhere else but just article two and article two is where we understand what power is the president's and what power is not nancy pelosi so when we finish up this section on nancy pelosi uh we we read article sec article two section two clause two and it says yes can i just can I just tweak what you said? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Tweak what I said. So article 2 is where his authority is defined. Defined. He gets his authority from, from us. The, from the states. From the, from the from people the states, through their states. From the people through their states. Very good, JC. Thank you very much for that. So the president's power is limited and defined through Article 2, but originates with the people through their states. Very good. Take back the narrative. So he shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provided two-thirds of the senators present concur. Mm -hmm. Notice there's nothing in there about the House of Representatives. Right. Nothing in there about the House of Representatives. So remember, just as a little study lesson, if you ask, if this question comes out of your mouth, is it constitutional? Um, really, honestly, you shouldn't come to me first. Don't go to Mark Levin first. Don't go to Judge Napolitano first. Go to the Constitution first. That is your source. That's why JC and I are here. We want you to be able to independently do this. We're teaching you so one day you can fly away and be constitutionalists all by yourself. You won't need us anymore. One day, my vision is America will be so constitutional they won't need the Chris Ann Hall podcast. Talk radio will go out of business. Out of business. And of course, it won't go out of business because there will always be people who hate liberty and love servitude as arrogant men tear up our constitution and from every direction we cry around can't learn the easy way you'll learn the hard way chris and hall she's liberty's lobbyist Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. I guess this is an Article 2 class here at the Chris Ann Hall show today. Remember, we are a teach show, not a talk show. And so uh, what we're gonna, the, the next thing we're going to talk about today, remember we talked about Donald Trump taking the plane to Air Force One away from Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> who has 
uh, I I just like saying that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Taking the plane away. Taking the plane Daddy away took from the keys. Yeah, and and here's the thing. I, I posted when that first came up. Do you know that Diane Feinstein has has racked up a liquor bill on Air Force One before <laughs> of a hundred and ten thousand dollars. Wow. That's what. Yes, a liquor bill. That is one wow. trip. One liquor bill, $110,000 of your tax dollars. You know, no no joking. Uh, I mean, all kidding aside, she's always struck me as drunk anytime <laughs> I... I'm serious. I'm not trying to make a joke. I've well, always had that, that thought. Every time I hear her and see her, I think, this lady's stoned or drunk. She always strikes me as inebriated. Well, so there's, there, there are go. those Maybe rumors she, that always follow her around, yeah. you know. But it's not just that. They fly with all their families and these huge entourages. I mean, even if you can carve out some of the minutest excuse for Nancy Pelosi to go to Yemen, she can't go to Yemen with her family. She can't go to Yemen with a huge entourage, right? I, I so, will, I mean, seriously. Well, I will say this, and this applies to Feinstein or Pelosi. If they go to Yemen and stay, that is worth $110,000 for me. I'm, <laughs> so you mean I'm not, good with not that. not come back. Yes, right? don't just, come back. Just come back. <laughs> then we, we can just write that liquor bill off. Right, right. No As problem. A, a farewell party. Yeah. Your I'll bon even buy you. I'll buy you an extra <laughs> bottle of whiskey myself. <laughs> and you just stay there. Yeah. Don't come back. So uh, Article 2, right? So when you ask the question, is this constitutional? What does the Constitution say? The first place you go is the Constitution. So the next question that I get a lot is, um, what about the State of the Union address? So you have Nancy Pelosi trying to block the State of the Union, trying to refuse Donald Trump the State of the Union by telling Donald Trump he has to have permission to come into the House oh and boy. she's not going to give him permission. How petty oh, is this a these? response to the plane? I, I, probably. I don't know. You. I don't remember which one came first, yeah. but it doesn't matter because <laughs> these guys... I mean, it's all show anyway. It doesn't matter. I can't matter. use yours. You're playing. You can't, you can't use my, my dais to give a speech. So the question is, can Nancy <laughs> Pelosi stop the State of the Union address? Right? So once again, I think what we're doing is asking the wrong question, JC. Because we first need to figure out, because this is, this is the president, mm -hmm. What is the constitutional authority, duty, however you want to say that, regarding the State of the Union? Mm. Is a State of the Union a constitutional thing, right? Because if it's a constitutional thing, then Nancy Pelosi can't do anything to stop it. Right. It's got to happen because it's a constitutional thing. Well, lo and behold, Chris Ann has her cell phone, and we're going to look at Article 2, Section 3. Remember, Article 2 is the president. Okay. He shall, the president, from time to time, give the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. So there you go. It's a constitutional function. Then. It is a constitutional function. But let me mention to you, there's nothing in Article 2 that designates that as a formality of an act. 
So he doesn't have to be in the House of Representatives to deliver the State of the Union address, right? The purpose of the State of the Union address, uh, and, and this is something else I want to talk about because people are like, you know, he's got to be able to tell the people what's going on. Now, let me repeat this, okay? The president, he shall from time to time give to the... Congress. Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. The purpose of the State of the... First thing I want us to recognize here is the purpose of the State of the Union address is not a communication to the people. Right. It is not. The purpose of the State of the Union address is not a communication to the people because remember, the President of the United States is not a representative of the people. Right. He is not a representative of the people. The president of the United States is a representative of the states in foreign affairs. So didn't FDR flip that? Like he made it about speaking to the people? Exactly, exactly. What so was that, the fireside, fireside chat? Chats? So the first fireside chat was uh, Sunday. I think it was Sunday... Sunday, March 12th, 1933. Oh, there I, I see it now. Yeah, we have, we have it up on our YouTube channel. On Sunday, March 12th, 1933, we have FDR's fireside chat. So remember, the two Roosevelts, whether they're, they're separated in time, they've coordinated their effort here. So Teddy Roosevelt started the uh, stewardship doctrine that the President of the United States is the caretaker of the people and of everything, right? And then, as an, I believe, as an expansion and a reaffirmation of that stewardship doctrine, FDR then says, I'm going to address the people. And the whole purpose of the very first fireside chat, according to those who talk about this history, is to relieve the people's fears about the banking crisis. Sure. Right? Well, what's the president got to do with the banking crisis? Right. Right? And, and again, these are just expansions of power by tradition, but not by constitution and law. Well, FDR was good at that. Let me... Let's go back to, so the State of the Union in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. So he's supposed to inform Congress. Well, Congress. So that's, that's, that's both bodies. The House and the Senate. A, as a whole. So Congress yes. as a whole. Right. So then that would imply in that, you know, a, what do you call that? When both houses get together. So session, they're in session. Right. So uh, a joint, joint, joint session, session uh -huh. right? Uh, and this, his duty to do it. So that implies they assemble. He speaks to them. So by by that by well, actually, implication, JC, it, there's no there there's no stated authority that then the speaker of the house no, because, has control over this because process. it doesn't imply an a joint assembly, right? Okay? So because you, Jefferson refused to do the joint assembly, he gave so he could do it, but he so he could do it separately. No. Well, he could do it separately. He could do the State of the Union to the Senate. But my point it. is, Jefferson didn't even stand up. He issued it in writing because he felt like standing before the House of the Congress, he called it monar uh, monarchical. So he wasn't going to be the king over the House and the Senate. So he didn't even he didn't even do it that way. So there's no, like I said, there is no implication in the sen in the Constitution that this is a formal affair of any t any way, shape, or form. So an address can be something that is written in writing. It doesn't have to be a 
physical presence of the president before this body. But it just shows her petty. Oh, well, of course it shows action. her a petty action. And here's my suggestion to Donald Trump. If he wants to actually do a physical present address, if the House won't let him, then he goes stands before the Senate and gives it. There's no way the media is not going to be there and publicize that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that would just simply highlight the pettiness of Nancy Pelosi. If he's like, look, Article two, Section three says that from time to time, I'm to give an address to Congress to give the State of the Union and to offer my suggestions to the House and the Senate from the things that I see from the executive branch, right? We need this kind of funding for the second executive branch. We need these kind of programs for the executive branch. We need this kind of of cooperation from the House and the Senate. These are the kind of treaties we need. Here's the foreign policies that I see coming in the future. Here's, you know, uh, here's Kim in, in North Korea. Here's think, Putin in, in, in Russia, you know. I think oh. President Trump could do it in such a way that embarrasses her and makes her look like a fool. Well, but I think the fact just standing before the Senate without the House would be yeah, an I embarrassment. Mean, I, I mean, on top of that. Right. I, mean, so, I, he, I know he's the kind of guy he could do it in such a way has to make her look like an idiot. So I don't know if if Trump's advisors or or anybody actually listens to us. But here is my advice, okay? My advice to you is this. If Nancy Pelosi will not permit Donald Trump to address the House in the State of the Union address, then Donald Trump should uh, should stand before the Senate, deliver his State of the Union address, and start off by reading artic- the first f- part of Article yeah, 2, Section 3 good, of the Constitution. That's a good suggestion. So I would say, uh, you know, and to I Donald would add, Trump. I yeah. would add this. Trump, go ahead and be Trump and make her look like the petty yeah, well, he can. He should she do it is. artfully. He's he's an artful negotiator. He can do that. So D- Donald Trump, you know, should stand up and say, as President of the United States, and he should say this very literally, as President of the United States, Article Two, Section Three requires directs that, the following r- requires that I I uh, that I give my advice and the State of the Union from time to time. This is the time in which I have chosen to do this, and I'm going to read to you this portion of Article Section Clause or Article Two, Section Three, so you understand my authority. He should have it on authority. the screen behind him. Yeah, big, big right. You have PowerPoint. You know, out. do a do a whole uh, Ross Perot yeah. thing going on, right? And then read that and say, and I would simply say. As Donald Trump, uh, for whatever reason, Ms. Pelosi has decided that she does not want to participate in this constitutionally mandated function. And so because I don't have the choice to choose whether to address or not, I'm going to go forward with my duty under the Constitution. She is going to be negligent to the Constitution, and so we will address the Senate alone. I will say, he should say, I've said before that she loved America. But apparently she doesn't love this portion of the Constitution. Right, exactly. I mean, there's there's <laughs> lots of do. things. There are lots of things that can be said and can be done. But remember, the authority is the Constitution. And so uh, the question is, can Donald, uh, can Nancy Pelosi prevent Donald Trump from addressing, uh, g- delivering the State of a Union address? No. So the answer to that question is no. She cannot prevent it. Number two, I mean, even in this day and age, Donald Trump wouldn't even have to even stand before the bodies. He could call a press conference from the Oval Office. Look, uh, um, Roosevelt, FDR, 
did it from a fireside chat. I mean, what? why do you have to do this in the House of Representatives? Well, the answer is you don't have to. So the f- answer to our first question is no, Nancy Pelosi cannot stop the president from giving the State of the Union address. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our last segment of the Chris Ann Hall Show. Glad, so glad to have you guys with us. Remember, we're going to be in uh, Florida at the end of this week on Friday and on Tuesday as well. On Friday, we'll be in Cape Coral, Florida. And on Tuesday, we will be in Bradenton, Florida. So if you're in the Florida area and you want to come and listen to and learn about the Constitution, then you go to chrisannhall.com, go to our calendar and find the details there at Cape Coral, Florida and at uh, Bradenton, Florida. Yeah. I wanted to ask this about the messaging. I would, the thing about the State of the Union, I would have flipped that. And this is what the Republicans don't do well what they should do every time flip it back on her i would i would say um nancy pelosi you know after you do what you you say right. point Read out article the two, constitution three, right i'm on the basis of the constitution then i would say nancy pelosi has chosen for the house not to participate in our constitutional process so perhaps one perhaps yeah. once the house whoop, decides whoop. to to join the rest of our government uh, to rejoin the rest of our government and participate mm-hmm. in our constitutional republic, then perhaps we could uh, have this have the honor uh, of, of addressing the House, you know, on mm-hmm. on the floor there. Yeah, I'd well, turn it back I, on them well, and saying would, they're the one because they always make it like they, she's trying to mm-hmm. make him look like the bad guy. You're the one that's coming up, you know, running counter to the Constitution. Well, I would take that one step further, and since we know it's going out to the American people, I would say. To, and, and to you, the American people, Nancy Pelosi has decided that your representative in the House of Representatives is not to participate in this State yeah, of the Union address. Exactly. This, uh, and I would go on, I would go forward to say, and you know what, how is that, a, is that how you want your representative to represent you? Do you want Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi? Right. Do you want Nancy Pelosi to dictate how your representative should act? And here's the thing: Donald Trump should go ahead and give the State of the Union address in front of the Senate, and then everybody who disagrees with Nancy Pelosi from the House of Representatives should be sitting in there too. Yeah. Right. So move the location. That's all I got to say. There's nothing in Article Two, Section Isolate Three. Her. Yeah, exactly. There is nothing in Article 2, Section 3 that dictates the location or the mechanism of, excuse me, or the mechanism of the address. Nothing whatsoever. It just says the president from time to time will give this advice to give his suggestions. It's good. I and, like it. And that's that's what, good information. Yeah, yeah, right? I think that's great information. It, it helps break down the political game. And it helps not only, as as Thomas Paine said, the crisis Mm -hmm. helps identify who the hypocrites are. Yeah. 
I mean, seriously, how, how ridiculous is this? I don't know about anybody else, but I think it's ridiculous that our congressmen are able to schedule flights on Air Force One to begin with. I, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's appropriate anyway. Because here's the argument. Well, it's the federal government's plane, and it's, it's got to be cheaper to fly what we own than to fly something else. Um, no, hmm. it's not. I've talked to pilots. We've talked about scheduling flights. It is not cheaper to fly your own plane because of the cost of fuel. And think about, like I said, all of the people that are going there. Nancy Pelosi could travel, right? Donald Trump told her to fly commercial. She could fly commercial, but she could charter a plane for less than it would cost to fly Air Force One. That thing is stinking huge. So anyway, it's out of my wheelhouse, out of your wheelhouse. Well, I happen to know a little bit about of it because we, you know, I talked to Rob, who's a friend who is a pilot. And we've talked about this a lot. We've I've actually researched chartering flights because there are some places that we can't fly to that want us to come and stuff. So it's 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 just ridiculous. So what do we take away today? Nancy Pelosi cannot stop the State of the Union address. Even if Nancy Pelosi can assert the authority that she can prevent Donald Trump from entering into the House floor, okay, she cannot stop. Which I think is questionable. Which I think is questionable because, once again, that's Nancy Pelosi, the queen, which is denying representation to every other representative in the House of Representatives. Exactly. Right? So Donald Trump should go ahead without her, address the Senate, quote the Constitution, call her out and every representative that doesn't agree with Nancy Pelosi should meet in the same place that Trump is giving his speech. So there you go. Our article two class today. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We will see you tomorrow. Attention Patriots, this is the Chris Ann Hall Show. Who's going to stand up? Where are the lovers of liberty? I think that's absurd. It's ridiculous. It's unconstitutional. It's out of control. You think this is over? This isn't over. There's a liberty wave coming. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Daily Journal. Remember, we are Monday through Thursday and a double dose on Saturday. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And you can always watch the Chris Ann, well, I say always, but... 
most of the time. Go watch the Chrisanne Hall Show on uh, YouTube so you can join us now. You'll notice if you're watching us on YouTube that we are not in the Chrisanne Hall Radio Show studio. We are actually in Texas. We have just finished up our um, In Defense of Liberty weekend, and that was amazing. I mean, I think it was so awesome that uh, we're going to be doing uh, more of this. We have, uh, um, I forgot what we're doing here. But anyway, we are, uh, I'm showing some pictures that we have here from the event and uh, on YouTube. So if you're not watching us now, go to YouTube just to see a couple of the pictures. This was not your normal gun shoot. Right? This is not a turkey shoot where you're shooting at targets. This was not target practice. This was defense training. This was training on how to defend yourself, how to defend your family, and how to defend your liberty. So we were doing some really, really amazing stuff. Our, uh, we had constitutional training, and then we had uh, Larry Stevenson, a.k.a. the Bearded Black Cowboy, who is also the owner of 3D Tactical Defense, Martial Arts and Defense. And you can see on YouTube his little logo. I love his motto. Don't you love his motto? Yeah. The best defense against evil people is good people skilled at violence. You, I mean, seriously, you can't be that. What did, What was your takeaway from this weekend, JC? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, you know, you had the ground fighting, the um, weapons retention, firearms training, I mean, the whole thing. And the, and the people, what was really cool, I enjoyed just – the people, some amazing people came out. Yes, yes. The, the camaraderie and I mean, you know, they, we forged relationships that will be there for a very long time. It was cool, man. Um, you know how you had uh, young people. You know, I mean, people from of all ages. I mean, Colton was there, and he's twelve, so he was the youngest. But we had people that were in their sixties. Yeah, yeah. So it was awesome. You had um, Paul from Houston, man, brought. My shipmate, Minister Paul. Minister uh, Paul. <laughs> brought his whole family, had his wife and, and the two kids, man. It was awesome seeing, um, <clears throat> especially those, those you know, I say kids, they were, you know. 18 and 19. Yeah. Young, yeah, they young looked people. so young, but they were in 18 and 19. So. Young people, man, and, and watching them rocking it out. I mean, they were they were going hard on the mat and yeah. on the range. and um, We saw that young, the, the, the young girl. Uh, just walk away with a confidence that she didn't have yeah, before. It was, it was awesome. And uh, her her mom was so excited about watching, you know, as a mom, watching your child uh, gets trained and skilled in, the def- in, in defending yourself. I think you she know? got some one-on-one on the range with Les, too. She so did. Larry she and did. Les were, you know, trained, been trained together mm-hmm. for years, and Les helps. Les uh, actually runs the alloy arms i mean the range right, is his range. range and um yeah it was amazing and then you know you had uh one thing was cool with um rick and terry mm-hmm. from florida right um, yeah and, they and, flew and all we the way from florida to to be a part of yeah. this i learned from them actually a lot of stuff <laughs> well, we're doing the, the grant their weapons retention and mm-hmm. ground fighting and you know uh larry had rick on the ground i mean they were just going oh, at it man yes. and then 
Rick was like just I'm giving tired. it all and he he's like I'm you know, I I'm I'm spent, you know, I spent everything. And then it was after that, after he was yeah, like I yeah. got nothing left and then he went beyond that. Yeah, because Larry's and got like Larry off of him and Larry got the says, gun. You're spent now the fight begins. Oh man, that this, was freaking awesome. I know. That See, so, I just it was really you know, to me, like my response was, Oh my. M mm-hmm. I E my motivational, right. inspirational, and educational. Right. And that there was like that was inspiring right there, man. How he just pushed through that mm-hmm. and um it was cool, you know. And well and we had, I uh, wanna make sure that people understand, like I said in the beginning, this was not target practice. Yeah. This was real life situational training. Yep. I mean, just unbelievable. We did gun training in a, from a car, <laughs> from an old what was it, an old Lincoln or something. Yeah, that was just that was a Colton had so much fun. That no, was cool, man, and just great people. Scott the nudist. Um, <laughs> he's, you, you know, know he's listening. <laughs> That's an inside <laughs> joke. He's not actually a nudist. Man, he Scott. was a Floridian too. Yeah. He flew over from Florida to do. Well, this. he was originally Florida. He's now in Oklahoma. Oh, but, uh, okay, okay. All right, I missed that point. Yeah, he was down in Bernie Thompson's neck of the woods years ago. But it, yeah. yeah, man, all his great people, Harold, Miss Diane, you know, and then you have Janet. Janet's like Annie Oakley. I know, and, right? And Rambo. All wrapped up in one. <laughs> and, and, your, and your local physician, right? I she know. shows up with a stinking armory. I know. And her, and her giant triage bag. So <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, I got enough firepower to take out a small army, and then we can sew you up after we're done. <laughs> so that was pretty By cool. the way, that's the same Janet that's my assistant, if you're wondering. Yeah, now you know why she's my assistant. <laughs> I, I don't need a bodyguard when Janet's around. Yeah, she was, <laughs> She'll take you out from 40 yards. She, she's an instructor herself. <laughs> yeah, you know, she's a firearms instructor. She was instructor. one of our range safety officers, and she was mm-hmm. rocking it out. And just, I tell you, now, I feel, I felt... Like yesterday, man, I felt it in my body. I know. It, it was, was like, uh, wow, my biceps. I didn't know my physical, biceps would hurt. But that was, exertion. I mean, we were actually boxing bags and, you know, the the heavy bags and, and learning how to, to defend ourselves, uh, aggressively offend, defend ourselves yeah. from, from um, aggressively defend ourselves from uh, uh, attackers. So it's not just a, oh, please don't hurt me, please don't hurt me thing. I'm like, yeah, don't hurt crazy. me or I'm going to beat you seriously, right? It's good stuff, man. And I, you just don't get what, you, what you're going to get from Larry and what he brings, you know. And, and yeah. the story he told about, you know, his experience in law enforcement being attacked by Anthony Hernandez, stabbed yeah. six times. Right. And, you know, he was talking. This is a guy, when he t- Larry tells a story, he's, you know, Olympic level shooter and all these medals for shooting and mm-hmm. accuracy and all this, you know, he's mm-hmm. he's bad dude. And then here was this day, man, he was like, this guy stabbed me six times before I could get a shot off. Right, and right. He, so you're not it, talking you're just your average shooter here. He's law enforcement. Yeah. He's He's recreationally changed he's a champion not only that he's a golden glove champion so he's a martial artist so he had that experience and i you know like the phrase he said the fight changes you Mm -hmm. and he said that's when i realized i got to train differently you know and this sort of standing standing in the range and just shooting at the paper targets and you know this kind of thing i mean in a range you you, you, most ranges 
you can't even draw. And you don't allow right. to draw, you're not going to get on the ground. I mean, so it's not realistic. And so he brings another level of this thing. And I, you know, we were Which talking. makes him unique. We were talking. He trains, you know, right there at the range. Uh, Chris Peranto mm-hmm. and, and Boone, mm-hmm. those guys come, you know, if you 13 hours, the Navy SEALs. Right. I mean, and these guys look at him and say we got we got to come you need to train us we need what you have you're talking navy seals man coming to this guy saying you need to show us this stuff right, right. so that's that's what you're talking about that's the level of what's going on here and he and is so gifted yeah and so we sat down after the weekend yesterday there was uh, you know a handful of us the participants and Larry and Les and Janet and you and I and we planned out the next event yeah, shooting for August, but the, shooting for August. The last day. <laughs> no pun intended. The last, uh, the, that last session, man. Now we had a, a couple people had to had to get on, you know, mm-hmm. catch planes, uh, and, and ease out early to get to work. But mm-hmm. that last part of the last day, oh my goodness, that was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I, I can't say much more. Yeah, you can't talk it about it amazing. on air, but it, it was, it was amazing. absolutely amazing. And and I was. I was so touched by what Larry said. You know, he Larry had never seen me teach live. He's seen some stuff on on YouTube or on videos and and he was excited at the dimension that our constitutional training brought yeah. to the whole weekend. As a matter of fact, he and Debbie were like, we need to have more of that sprinkled throughout the weekend, not just one time. We need to we need to sprinkle more constitutional training in there. He 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 told us that his daughters were just to- yeah. were motivated Locked by uh, by what we taught and they were they were it's all they talked about Friday night before they went to bed and and he and his wife were talking about it and so it's it's important not to only to have the skill but it's important to know why you, you what you're fighting for and why it's important to do this fighting you know another awesome thing about the weekend What's that? Shorty's Tacos. Shorty's Tacos. Shorty and the taco truck. My Shorty and goodness, the taco truck. that stuff yes. was amazing. Yes, that was amazing. I'm going to be posting some pictures on uh, social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, that sort of thing. So if you want to see all of that, we're going to be doing that along and along. Because um, Larry, the photographer, who was just amazing too, he he was in it and and he understands what we're doing you know so yeah. he's been through the training he knew what kind of pictures to take and he he literally volunteered his time to to make record of this so we have memories and we're just so grateful to everybody who participated in this shorty tacos real real street tacos oh yeah man you're in texas you got to get that tex-mex experience man. yeah it was Oh, yeah, man, this was gotta have shorties tacos too. So when we get right back from the break, uh, we'll be right back after the break. Liberty's lobbyist Chris Ann Hall has now taken control. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. 
Uh, we had an amazing weekend in Texas. We're going to be doing the in, de in Defense of Liberty thing again, and it's going to be even better next time. So go to chrisannhall.com. Make sure that you're signed up to get our emails so you know as soon as it comes out because a sign up is limited. We are only going to be taking uh, 10 or 12 shooters every session. And uh, it's it's really only going to get better. And we are in Texas still, the rest uh, for Monday and Tuesday. And today, the 21st, we will be at La Prada Church of Christ at 7, I'm sorry, at 6.30 p.m. tonight, uh, teaching all about the uh, right to keep and bear arms. As we taught them in, at the In Defense of Liberty class, it's not a Second Amendment right. It's not about your Second Amendment. It's about an inalienable right to self-defense emanating from your natural right, your duty, as Samuel Adams said, of self-preservation. And then uh, tomorrow, we will be in Fort Worth, Texas, and that's going to be an afternoon event, JC, from 11.45 to 1.30 p.m., and that will be at the Riglia Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. And you can find all this information, the details about these events, at chrisannhall.com, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Just go to the calendar, click on the calendar, and uh, you can get details, location, time, even contact information for these particular events. And then we go back home. We have more teaching in Florida. So if you're in Florida, make sure you check out the calendar as well. Definitely. So interesting little historical trivia today. Today, Guillotine introduces his humane method <laughs> of the death penalty. Or get rid of rebels. Yeah, yeah. What's, what I found was interesting was, so Guillotine today, which is uh, January 21st, introduces his humane method of of uh, the death penalty, which you don't know, the guillotine, where you chop off somebody's head. And three years later, to the day, the king of France is guillotined for <laughs> treason. So I, I'm just wondering He's what kind of that patent. what kind of political move was behind that? You know these these things take time, right? So we got to give Guillotine his publicity and talk it up and how humane it is because we got the king in mind, right? Mm. <laughs> also, today's historical trivia is the day we celebrate Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, and we're going to be doing a special presentation at tonight's event in Dallas uh, re, uh, regarding your um, course, More Than Victims America's Hidden Black History. Just a, a short little uh, pictorial, because most people have no clue. Nah. That, by the way, our, that, that course, More Than Victims America's Black Hidden Black History, is available now on DVD at chrisannhall.com. That's a recent addition to our Chris Ann Hall store. And JC, just give everybody kind of an idea of, of what that's all about because we're going to be highlighting this, obviously today being the day we celebrate Martin Luther King, but then in February it's the, the Black History Month. And there, I don't think there's 
any better way to actually become informed about uh, the heritage of um, of America and those who participated who are being hidden from that because you're going to see lots of black history trivias and and they're going to be teaching it in the schools all over the place. Propaganda lies and nonsense. Right. That's exactly what I say. Propaganda lies and nonsense. And so go to chrisannhall.com, get the video, uh, More Than Victims, and maybe you can get your school teachers to actually tre- teach some truth. Yeah, and it's it's a what I call the history of America's black founding fathers and mothers. Um, it, you know, show you all these successful, influential, um, uh, and critical players in American history prior uh, to the emancipation. Prior to the Emancipation Proclamation, right? And um, pretty powerful. It gets it it gets at the uh, it, it sort of undermines uh, what I see is the the Democrat, for lack of a better term, Democrat mm-hmm. um, propaganda where they control the black community for votes. And you mm-hmm. pitch this, you know, you were just slaves. America's against you. And so we have to we have to, uh, you know, turn America into something else because it's it's an anti-black, you know, at its core and all this sort of stuff. So it undermines that nonsense. ChrisAnnHall.com and we'll be right back after the break. As Can't learn the easy way, you'll learn the hard way. Chris N. Hall, she's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host J.C. Hall. Hey, J.C., we got new great, great, great news today. Okay. Kamala Harris is going to run for president. Kamala. 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 Kamala is going to run for president. Can you imagine what that's going to be like? Easy win. Easy win for Kamala. No, easy win for whoever's running against you. <laughs> that's my prediction. Oh my goodness! That really. I'm just so here's. Once again, my frustration is twofold. Number one, um, we are we are still too far out to be talking about presidential elections. My goodness, we just finished one. We started up a new one. I know. Um, I told you last was last week. I told you it's underway. It's just it's officially crazy. started. Well, I know because we're we we have to be distracted from where the real solutions are, where the real. Uh, issues are we have to be distracted from these things so that we we don't realize that hey the washington dc is not the center of our universe it's not the source of all our solutions and donald trump is not the savior of america you know or or the 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 plague of america either right so we have these uh issues now and and it's all about who's going to win and who's going to lose and I'm sorry, but the bottom line is when all we do is move from one political crisis in Washington, D.C. to another, the American people always lose. Look at us. We're, we're day number 30 of the quote-unquote government shutdown. Yeah. And I, I, Have we I, built the wall yet? We have not built the wall yet. As a matter of fact, Donald Trump actually said to Nancy Pelosi, okay, look, um, I, will, I will give some we'll move forward with some daca stuff if you just let us build the wall 
right? We will make DACA permanent if you will build the wall. Now, look. Those, Isn't that what the Dems wanted in the first place? It's Yeah, the Dems wanted DACA before they were against it, right? So it was for the bill until I was against the bill, and no, now they're they, for the DACA. I, and that was like, if I remember back, that was kind of their condition. They want they wanted the wall. Yeah. They said, okay, we'll build the wall if you just do right. this. Now right. they're opposed to the wall right. and opposed to the same proposal. Same thing they proposed. Apparently they're against it. Is that what? That's yeah. what's going on now. They now they're not doing now that now. Well, they're not against DACA, right? They're just they're against Donald Trump. Oh well, yeah. I yeah, mean, that's... seriously, that's it. it. They're against Donald Trump. Now I'm not a sycophant, but look, this is this is just nothing but political gamesmanship. And and there's a lot of people upset about Donald Trump saying that we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll give you some concessions on DACA. And uh, if if you let us build the wall, uh, you know, we right. we can get into this conversation again if you'd like us to. But the bottom line is this. We are we are beyond constitutional boundaries at this point. So the True. discussions that they're having are not even constitutionally uh, considered an authorization. I mean, it, the uniform rule of naturalization emanates from Congress. The I, I just have my doubts about like so the question is the other day do you think the wall will ever be built i have my doubts i don't know about you but um the those of us who would support the wall who say secure our borders i mean and and again a wall Mm -hmm. even wall is kind of figurative it's representative language i'm talking like some giant concrete wall. Yeah, great we're wall not of building. China. Yeah, right, right. We're security, not building the Great which, Wall of China. Yeah. So the wall could, you know, could include mm-hmm. the cameras and electronic surveillance, that kind of thing. So people argue about whether it's re- where it's really a wall or not a wall. That's distraction, completely beside the point. But the point is, my point is, so you've got the people, you know, say because I'm, I think we should secure our borders. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but. Here's the thing. It's put forward as Republican versus Democrat. Mm-hmm. All right, so Democrats don't want the wall. I got I got news for you. I, there are tons and tons of Republicans who are not interested in building the wall. The Democrats want open borders because they look at it as sure, sure votes. Mm-hmm. OK, there are tons of Republicans who this because this is what's going on why why it doesn't go and fo- go forward in my opinion is not opposition from democrats it's opposition from within the republicans right. because the republicans see open borders as cheap labor so so you, there's internal when you look at this and they frame it in the news as you know this set of democrats nancy pelosi and her group versus trump and the Republicans, that's not entirely what's going well, on. Well, I want to also offer up the something that we don't we don't think about, but something that we know is actually happening. If you get the wall, right? If you build this and you uh, increase the insecurity, then what are you going to run on? Right? It's all like all the Republicans yeah, that run, I'm pro-life, I'm pro-guns. But don't do anything. But don't do anything legislatively to you, support either because they're such. Because if you finish it, you lose a fundraiser. Right. You you lose campaign money. You lose platform. You. I mean, I don't think they want to do this. And here's the bottom line, America. Please t- tune in. Listen up very closely. 
Washington, D.C., Congress doesn't want to do this, okay? The Democrats and the Republicans in Congress Stab, what, what we call establishment. Establishment Republicans don't want to do this. And I'm going to tell you, even the ones that are mouthing that they want to do this. They don't. Th- they don't want to do this, okay? Uh, so, don't forget they did that during the repeal Obamacare. All of them mouthed it while they knew that it wasn't going to happen. Right. When there was an opportunity to make it happen. When they had the majority to make it happen. Then they flipped. So the same people, you're out there, my guy, my guy wants to build the wall. Okay, when we get down to brass tacks, when when there's actually an ability to build the wall, then watch what they do. No, no, no. We've already had the ability to build the wall. I want to make this a point, right? Because here what we have are all these... You know, the Republicans are saying, oh, it's the Democrats keeping us from building the wall. Excuse me, we had a Republican majority in the House and the Senate. The build the wall bill was already out there back then. The funding was already needed back then. They've been talking about building the wall since George W. Bush was president, okay? So George W. Bush, since George W. Bush has been president, they've been talking about the wall, you know, the building up security and securing the borders and all this stuff. So you went through an entire administration of of Republican majority in the House and the Senate, and and, and they they didn't fund anything. So it's ridiculous to point our fingers at the Democrats now, when in reality, when when the Republicans had the majority, they didn't build the wall. Yeah, some of them are playing games. But can I say something about our terminology? Mm -hmm. Because one of the techniques that the opposition uses is to seize the vocabulary, and they manipulate terms. Uh, and we we've been saying it mm-hmm. already throughout the show. I don't think we should say "build the wall." Right. They, they've been able to use that phrase, and they they flipped it. Mm-hmm. Like you see that Native American and all that nonsense with the Native American at at the Capitol. It's just lunacy to me. Well, it but, started. I don't know if you you. But hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me make the point. It's secure the borders. Right. We need to secure, secure the, borders. the borders. Stop saying "build a wall." Mm-hmm. Right. Because they've attached all sort of emotional connotation to that phrase, build a wall. And we walk right into the trap. Mm-hmm. I mean, so we should be saying secure the border. So if you've you got a guy standing up like this Native American saying they said they're saying build a wall and then he attaches all this stuff. So how different would it be if he was saying, well, they're saying secure the border. Well, wait a minute. What? You're, yeah. You don't want security? You don't you, want, you want threat? You want attack? What, what are you talking about? So right. it totally flips it. They, they subtly change the conversation. That's a very good point, JC. Very good point. seizing the vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Secure the borders. It's not a Second Amendment right. It's a right to keep and bear arms. Right. It's not it's build, not the, build wall. the wall. It's secure, secure the our borders. borders. Right? We secure our borders. That's great. Yeah, that's... And, and so here's the solution. Okay, I, I, we don't want to miss this opportunity because we're all about current events. We're all about the Constitution. We're principle, uh, liberty over security, principle over party, truth over personality. And we always try to bring you solutions. And this is this. I'm going to tell you, this is the real life, real now solution to the secure the border question. Did you see that secure the border question? Secure the border question. Right. So we are arguing a false paradigm here. Once again, we've talked about this on the show all the time. The narrative is being dictated and we're being presented with a false paradigm, which leads us always to the wrong answer. 
Okay, so the the false paradigm is, and we're seeing this in the conservatives, Congress won't approve, the Dems won't approve, so Trump must, right? That's a false paradigm because it's offering up that the only solution to the problem is executive action. The solution to the secure the border problem comes from the American people. And I'm not talking about a GoFundMe account. I'm talking about you get your state and local governments to secure your borders, period. And here's the thing. Well, California won't. Fine, California won't. So Texas, Texas you secure your border even around California, Seriously. No, I look, that's not extreme. If California will not secure its border from from the you know and and just simply evaluate with reality who's coming in and who's not, right? Want Arizona and Nevada, Oregon border. Yes. <laughs> exactly. No. Look. Wall them off. You need Wall California okay, off. It's not a wall. <laughs> it's a securing the borders. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. This, this is dead serious, and I know that people are like, whoa, we're gonna do it. But look, the states are independent, sovereign governments. The union did not take away that sovereignty, and the only authority that Washington D.C. holds is an authority that the states delegated to it. Yeah. Let me, and, and you go look up that word delegate. It is a temporary trust of authority. From a higher power to a lower power. The states delegated the authority to the federal government for border issues. Well, let's and when they fail, when the federal government fails, we don't have to sit around and wait for them to do that. It is our responsibility. How, how slavish is it, JC, for us to think, oh, because... Because Nancy Pelosi won't protect us, we have to sit around and just be victims. That's Are the you fight they had in Arizona. Me? What was it, Jam Brewer? Mm-hmm. The same thing. Yeah, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And we're excited to have you with us here again. I am, um, I'm just, I'm continually stunned at the prospect that we must sit around, that the presumption that we must just simply sit around and be victims while we have a feckless Congress. Mm-hmm. These are not the solutions. We're saying we, when one part of the gov- federal government fails, we turn to another part of the federal government. That's right. what you're talking about. Right. They say, oh, Congress isn't doing it, so let's transform our government into a monarchy. Let's let the executive do it. Where the reaction shouldn't be turned to the executive, the reaction should be turned to the states. Right. Okay, if like so that i mean that's what they went through in arizona remember i think it's jan brewer was the governor and you had that fight and it was you know the whole was oh can the states do this and supreme court what what do they say can 
we have to ask the Supreme Court if the state can protect itself. They shouldn't be doing this federal mm-hmm. government's job. Well, the federal government's not doing it. Right. And so that goes back to the state. The state was the one that that said, hey, you're going to do this for us. Well, when right. you fail to do it, uh, I don't just say, oh, okay. You know, it's like you give the example of an employee at the restaurant. Right. Uh, and and the, the cook says, oh, you know, I'm not going to cook. What do you have to do? Shut down the restaurant? Oh, okay, right. well, I no longer uh, have a restaurant. I got to shut it down. My no, employees gonna, won't do their job. Yeah, I'm Sorry, take it, customers. I'm take it back into my hands. Right. And I'm going to make it make it work. And so that's what the states need to do. And I, I find it extremely frustrating that this conversation is not even being had. Right. And I find the fact that the conversation is not being had, JC, proof that it's actually the solution to the problem. Yeah. It's proof that they know it's the solution to the problem. That it's proof that they know that it will work because they don't want to end the controversy. They right. don't want to end the crisis. The crisis creates too much control. Look, here's the thing. If, if the states securing their own border was not an option, right? Even if, uh, if there was an assertion that was not an option, we would be having the conversation because people would be like, well, why don't the states do that? Well, the states won't do that. Be- can't do this because A, B, C, D, and that's why we're not having this discussion. But the fact that not, we're not having the discussion proves to me that they don't have an A, B, C, D answer on why the states can't or won't because that actually is the solution and somebody out there is going to have to pick up their heads out of the swamp slime and start looking forward and start getting control of their state governments and making this happen i mean seriously i can't think of any other word but slavish servitude to think about this to think that Simply because it is kingdom mentality, because Washington, D.C. won't do what the states tasked them to do. The states have to sit around and wait for an invasion. And that's what I hear all the time, J.C., because I'm we're, we're talking, you know me, I'm talking on social media to people. I'm talking to people all the time. And they're like, Chrisanne, you just don't want to you don't want a wall. You want terrorists to come in. Are you kidding me? This this is what ir- irritates me, J.C., sitting around and waiting for Washington, D.C. to do this for us is begging for invasion. Yeah. It is begging for invasion. I am not begging for invasion. I am begging for the securing of the borders from from the right source, and the source being the state governments. And the fact that we've been brainwashed for the last 185 years, I counted it, 185 years, years we have been actively brainwashed by the power mongers to think that we are powerless unless washington dc does it for us it it, it is it is kingdom mentality and we are we are we live we're subjects i i I think uh, i think those gofundme should have been directed at the state yeah Absolutely. And by the way, even if the GoFundMe is 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 directed at the state, you have a better chance of seeing that money going where it's supposed to go than sending that money to your congressman. Well, the states the state can make a mechanism to handle that. Right. The federal government cannot. There's no way they can do that. You know, but I, you can do that in a state. I have just this personal aversion to the whole GoFundMe thing to begin with. The federal government is already stealing way too much money from the people. Now we're going to voluntarily no, pay off our thieves. I, I just, agree, but I'm saying if you're going to do it, it should be the state. Do that at the state level. Yeah. Forget 
this the is your solution. Obviously, not going to do it. The fact that we're not having this conversation proves that I'm right. Otherwise, guess what? Prove me I'm wrong. That's your challenge today. Get your talking heads to come out there and prove Chris Ann is wrong. Okay. God bless you guys. Remember, we're in Texas this week. We will see you tomorrow.